listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on another episode of the Rainmaking Podcast. Thanks for listening to this and to making this a regular part of, of your podcast regimen. I hope you're getting some good ideas from this. I try to bring people to you that have unique insights, especially on some of the issues that we face with the crisis. Our guest today is Yolanda Cartusiello, and I've seen her speak before. I know Yolanda, she's magnificent. She's got some great ideas. Well, let me tell you about her. She served in senior administrative leadership roles in major law firms, including Debevoise, Cleary. At both of those firms, she led the marketing teams as well as profile enhancement strategies, comprehensive client interview programs, and practice and lateral partner rollouts. So she's got some really good credentials. She's also developed business development and communications training and coaching programs for lawyers at all levels, and recently, together with her colleagues, has launched Solutions Delivered, a new cost-effective service to offer remote quality senior strategy and administration to solo practitioners in small to mid-sized firms. You'll hear about that on our show, and I hope you get some great ideas from Yolanda today. Thanks for listening. On today's podcast, I have a repeat guest from previous podcasts that I've done, Yolanda Cartusiello, and today we're going to be talking about how to develop an in-person feel to your business development efforts in this time of extended social distancing. And thanks for joining me on the show today, Yolanda. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be back and great to hear from you. Yeah, this is great. I'm glad that you're here. We've got relevant content unique to the peculiar situation that we're in. And at the time of this recording, we're kind of stuck in our home still, depending on where you live. People are starting to open it back up. But I know that uh, you've got some unique expertise on business development and start with your story. Tell us where you started in your career and how did you end up to what you're doing today, Yolanda? Sure. Well, I actually, my graduate degree is in poetry writing. So let's start with that weird. Wow. weird Fantastic. Thing, right. And I actually started working in law firms when I was still an undergraduate to make money to pay for college. And so I was working in law firms after graduating college to keep myself employed and eating. And Mm -hmm. I found that I was really drawn to the work of law firms and paralegal work and became a case manager. And over time, had the opportunity to work at a firm where they not only valued me for my paralegal work, but also for management. And they asked me to move over and manage the what was then called the communications function of the firm, right? Oh, wow. In those days, you weren't even allowed to say the word marketing, much less sales. Right, right. Development. <laughs> Long story short, because of the evolution that I was allowed to make throughout my career, I became the head of marketing and business development for a number of leading firms. And then about five years ago, left to become a consultant focused on marketing and business development for professional services. That's excellent. That's excellent. And what are some of the changes you've seen right now from people in the pandemic where they're not able to have that close contact with each other and with clients? What are some of the big changes that you've seen? Well, you know, first of all, I would just like to say that every time something happens during the course of our lives that 
feels like it's life-changing, we adjust. So one of the biggest changes I've seen is a larger dependence on technology. And that's not a surprise to anybody who has been spending more time than they expected to on Zoom or WebEx or GoToWebinar. What do they call it? Zoom Doom now, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so that's one of the changes. But I think another change that I've been seeing, which is a real positive, is listening. You know, you and I were speaking before this recording began, and we were talking about how much we've learned over the last whatever it is, 10 weeks. And I think a lot of that comes from not being able to, if you will, not that we do it on purpose, but turn off our minds and work sort of rotely through journeys, through cycles that we think will occur. And because we're all hacking it out of the woods, so to speak, right now, Mm -hmm. because we're all finding the path ourselves and creating it, I think there's a lot more listening going on than there has been in the past. I think you're absolutely right. I think for whatever reason, our antenna are up because we're sensitive to this change. It's just like a deer in the woods. It hears something, it stops, and it's listening because it, maybe it's fight or flight. Maybe, maybe that's what we're really feeling. Maybe that's why it's really happening. That is a fantastic metaphor. Oh my goodness, Scott, I'm going to have to borrow that. Yeah, I'm not a psychologist, but I know how to use the Google machine, Yolanda. So that's <laughs> close enough. <laughs> well, you know, here's the other part of it, right? The environment has always been changing. I think in moments like this, it allows for a more accelerated sense of change. And it also allows organizations, in fact, it sometimes pushes organizations to do the things they've been thinking about doing, but hemming and hawing about or weren't Mm -hmm. sure. And now there's just no time not to do them. There's no time not to make that change and worry about the politics of it. There's no time to worry about the feelings of somebody who's going to be hurt because you did X or Y. Right. And I found just in reading articles in various media about what organizations are going through during the pandemic, that the pandemic itself is giving decision makers coverage to make those hard choices, not necessarily just in terms of laying off staff, but in having to make difficult decisions to take an organization into a certain direction. Yes. And the truth of the matter is that it's actually liberating, right? Mm -hmm. Because we are speaking of it from the perspective of perhaps decisions that might have a negative connotation. But at the end of the day, this is also an opportunity to take a blue ocean strategy, if you will, Mm -hmm. towards your business. And what that basically means is forget about everything. Forget about the way it was built in the past or the way you think it needs to be built and say, what would be the optimal way to do this? What are the parts that we really need? And what are the parts that aren't as necessary? And let's think about whether or not this is an opportunity to really rebuild it or build something new. That's fantastic. I think that you're absolutely right about that. I gave a webinar presentation yesterday to a group talking about building resilience muscles. Mm -hmm. And I said that when you go through extreme adversity, when you start going forward, number one, you've got to grieve. You have to get the feelings out, right. you know, and even talking about how getting to the point where you, you weep as your partner or your significant other holds you, you know, getting to that point where you really, you have to do that to move forward as a human being. It's not masculine. It's not feminine. It's human. It's how we are. And once you do that, then the next step is to make that decision. I will be a victor, not a victim. I choose to thrive, not die. I'm going to go forward. I will find a way. And one thing I, I talked about in my program, and, I, and I've always believed this, is that you want to get to the point that 
you find what you are looking for. I want to get to the point that I can look at this crisis and be thankful for it because I found fill in the blank. And you want to be looking for that fill in the blank. And like what you said, I think this crisis has killed some sacred cows within organizations. Exactly. And it's not all bad. And I know there's a lot of people that have been hurt and there's some industries that have been decimated. I also think that there's opportunities in here and in anybody that's in a business development role can find opportunities right now. So that's interesting. I like where you're going with this. Let, let me ask you this. The pandemic, it's created a challenging work environment for all businesses, law firms included, professional services firms, everybody that's used to whining and dining. And I'm amazed at how little I'm spending on dinner meetings and luncheons. And it's like, wow, I didn't know I was spending that much. And uh, anyways, so now that restrictions are being lifted in many parts of the country, do you think, do you expect things are going to be getting better for organizations in their business development efforts? So it's a great question. And what I would say about this is, you know, clients aren't a monolith, right? Different clients are going to want different things from their professional service providers. Mm -hmm. So I think things actually will get much better for those professional service providers who have been listening and who will continue to listen because they shouldn't be making broad generalizations about what clients want. And so some will really want them to show up in person because my goodness, they've been stuck in so long and they are craving human interaction. Others will not feel that way. Others may feel this was the, would be the worst time for that kind of personal in-person interaction. Right, right, um, interesting. And, and you, you might find some in the middle, but the one thing they all still need and want, no matter who I've spoken to, I speak to a lot of clients of my clients, they all still need good advice, good counsel, a good solid, if you will, consigliere to be Mm -hmm. working with them. Mm -hmm. So whether that's over a glass of wine or a Zoom or a good old-fashioned phone call, those are the things that they still need. Mm. And I would say the other thing is, you know, we've spoken about this before. I've done a lot of work in the client journey area, client journey mapping area. Right, right. And I think what what is strikes me as very different this time is that it's not only about mapping the journey that your clients make this time because they are hacking it out of the woods and we are too, you actually can help them create that journey. You can help them. And let me give you a specific example. About Mm -hmm. three weeks ago, I was listening to a webinar by an organization that focuses on private equity debt. Right. And they're actually an information organization. And they gave a really compelling presentation about why they thought the market was going to go in a certain way based upon the history of what happened after 9-11 and what happened after the Great Recession. And so they used not just the closeness that they have with their clients, but also the long-term view, the historical landmarks of what happened in the industry to help them say, we think this is happening next and here's what you should be doing, basically carving a path for their clients by doing that. Wow, that's great. I think that moves them to that closer to that trusted advisor status. Don't you think so? Exactly. Exactly. 
And that at the end of the day is exactly what people are still looking for. You know, I recently was lucky enough to be able to listen to a group of clients on a WebEx (laughs) talking about what they're focused on. And so many of them are focused on risk management and risk mitigation. No surprise to, I'm sure, any of your listeners right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But what that means for each of them is very different. Some of them we're saying, you know, sort of they're sick of being invited to these large Zooms and, and getting these generic memos. And others were saying, that's lovely for you because you have a large organization and you have people who can, you know, help you out with these things. I'm dependent upon that outside professional service to help me through this because I'm one of three people in this group. So I really need that help. What they all wanted, though, is something that was more specific to them. I see. Well, how does one who's in professional services, how do they maintain strong ties with the firms that they're working with, with their clients, when many of them are just sick of Zoom, uh, WebEx, client meetings? What are some other ideas that you have? Right. Well, first of all, don't force them into a medium they don't enjoy. I mean, that's just old thinking again. That's just, you know, here, too bad you don't like banana bread. How about some banana pie? Well, you know... (laughs) Okay. So let's not do that to them, right? Right. If they are not going to get on a Zoom, then you're not doing them any favors by inviting them to another Zoom. Ask them what they would prefer. Ask them how they would prefer to receive the information or if they, maybe it's not them. Maybe you say to them, would this be helpful to any of your colleagues or somebody who reports to you? That's great. Um, Don't just service them, service them in other ways. Yeah. That's a great idea. Right. Number two, also, there are so many people who have so many competing needs right now. We were just talking beforehand about, you know, parents with their children of various ages. You know, my daughter is 21, so I don't have to worry about taking care of her during the day and trying to help her do distance learning. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who are doing that and also trying to keep up a professional career at the same time. Wow. So, one of my clients, who is a divorce lawyer, actually did a webinar in which she didn't dictate at people. She didn't present to them, but she created kind of a roundtable where she talked about sort of the three things that she sees that break up families and the stresses that she understands people are under right now, and then just let people vent and ask questions. And it wasn't about getting divorced. It was about how do you stay together and Mm -hmm. how do you maintain relationships and somebody might say, well, that's not, you know, all that professional, but for all those people who jumped on that call and jumped on that opportunity, they really appreciated it. Yeah. Be creative in what you're offering and how you're offering it. And the last thing is just as a reminder is what we said before is make sure that you understand what they need and you're delivering what they need. You know, right. a one-page summary of how to handle an issue or maybe three regulations that may be coming down the pike is going to be a lot more helpful than an hour Zoom. Right. That's great. Well, well, let me ask you this, kind of moving into new business. I always say that it's easier to give birth than to resurrect the dead. Sometimes (laughs) you have clients that just aren't doing anything with you. And my philosophy is that your loyalty goes to those opportunities that have the highest likelihood of closing the quickest and, and being real things. And that there's loyalty that I think is conditional. It doesn't mean that you burn bridges, but I think that loyalty can be shifting based on where opportunities are. Right. But let's talk about new connections. Right. Let's say, and I really believe that 
in at least the recruiting business, it's all about new connections, new relationships, which leads to new submissions of candidates and new meetings rather than trying to deal with the same old people. Uh, I remember I had this one candidate that kept telling me, well, I'll try to get the document done. And that, to me, my response is, well, if you change your mind, let me know. Because I, I know what that means. It's like, try to sit in the chair. Okay, now sit in the chair. Big right. difference. It, so that means that we need to always continue to get new business, which means that business then is more plentiful. Then we can pick and choose and which one's going to be more profitable. That's better business than eventually the model that I've, I've taught people before is that, you know, it's more business, better business, and eventually all the business where you want to become, if not the only provider, the first choice when they right. have a need. So talking about new connections, what would you recommend for people in a BD role that how do they develop new connections in this peculiar time? What would you recommend? Well, I would just say that on the one hand, I think it could be harder, right? Because you don't get to go to conferences and make mm-hmm. in-person personal connections with people. But on the other hand, there's something almost easier in some ways about it if you understand what is on offer right now. And what is on offer right now is people are actually listening and reading a lot more than they mm-hmm. used to because they're shut in. The number of people who are on LinkedIn and engaging with content on LinkedIn, I recently read, is actually increased sort of fivefold. So to the extent that you have something important to say, use all the medium available to you. You know, you, Scott, are modeling the behavior that people should engage in right now. Mm -hmm. You are trying to bring relevant, helpful information, not only to people who know about you, but also to others who might be persuaded and influenced to work with you Mm -hmm. through broadcast channels. So the broadcast channels are... They are podcasts, they are, you know, using LinkedIn, they are blogs, they are being quoted by a reporter, they are all the things that we think of when we think of one-to-many marketing. Right, right. So there's that component of it. Another component is, you know, don't be shy about saying, I have one client who decided to start a weekly call It is a Zoom call because that's what they like. They want that. A weekly call with what started out as a small group of people just to talk them through what was going on, a group of his clients. And he said to them, you know, if you would like to invite other people into this, I'm okay with that if you're okay with it. And lo and behold, by the eighth week of him doing this, he had 70 people on this. So please don't think that you can't ask your current clients whether or not there are other people that they think you might be able to help. Current clients that are happy are a great source, a referral source for you. Right, absolutely. And right now, because people are engaging with content and with information, it doesn't seem so salesy to the Mm -hmm. people that you're asking. Let me ask you this question, Yolanda. Let's just say somebody listening has some bird dogs, people that like to share information that they can go to. And I've always kept a list of people that if I ever get stuck on something, I can call them because I know I'm just really matching the big words and they can kind of help me figure stuff out. And they're a really good source of referrals. And there was this one fella, every time I would ever kind of get insecure 
like, gee, I hope I never get found out. I'm an amateur. I'm an imposter. No one's ever going to work with me again. Right? You know, I, I would call him because he was one of the first recruiting people I'd ever talked to 11 years ago when I got into legal. And he would always treat me like I'm a big deal. And so, so I would have him as like a crutch. And he would always be there for referrals for, to give me. So let's just say somebody listening has some good bird dogs out there that they know they can call them up. What do you recommend when you reach out to someone asking them for help and giving you referrals? What would you recommend? I would recommend being as honest as possible and saying, you know, this is a time in our history where I may be able to afford some of your contacts, something that's helpful to them. And I would be happy to do that. And I would appreciate you thinking about that. You know, recently we launched a new service, which I won't name because that's not the point of this conversation. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I did was when I reached out to my good friends and my contacts and my clients, I said, this may not be right for you, but if you think there is someone else that this may be right for, I would greatly appreciate you letting me know and or passing this information on to them. And that's actually happened on several occasions. That's great. That's a good soft way to do it, you know? Right. And and look, here's the thing is that you also can, you know, join in with them, right? So if you have somebody who's a great bird dog for you and you're putting on a podcast or you're creating some content, why don't you co-create it with them? Because there's nothing as powerful as someone else saying that you're good. That's great. This is why I do this show so that I can get these great ideas from smart people like (laughs) you, Yolanda. Yolanda, this is great. Let me ask you this. You've talked about client journey mapping before. Right. You've done a lot of work in that area, which I think is fantastic. And if anybody doesn't know what that is, if you've never heard of it, as I hadn't heard of it before, I'd recommend going to my show where I interview Yolanda on the other podcast. It's called The Partner Podcast. It's just for law firms, but the content applies to any sort of professional services. Just go to partnerpodcast.com and you can type her name in the search feature and you'll see it there. But anyways, let me ask you, how has the pandemic affected the client's journey? What can we learn from that? So, okay, a couple of things. First of all, as we said before, the client is hacking that journey out of the woods right now. So it has affected it in that there are a lot of things that are completely new to the client, and therefore, they are complete opportunities for any of us to help them, especially if we have some history And we have some vision as to what could happen next and how we could help them. It begins, though, with listening. It begins with listening. There's a quote from Steve Jobs that says, get closer than ever to your customers, so close that you tell them what they need well before they realize it themselves. And the reason I bring it up is because Steve Jobs actually never sat down with his customers. And the organization, Apple, really did most of this from a distance, in a sense. Right, right. So right. I raise that because this is a way for us to use all of the tools that we have available to us to listen, 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 and then deliver, think about the issue and deliver a customized journey for that client that will, will help them to achieve the results they're trying to achieve. I think you're onto something here. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's okay. I think you're onto something here. One of the things I've even told candidates that were on the fence about going forward, I'd say, listen, if Thomas Edison surveyed his prospects, they would have told him we we need brighter candles. Sometimes they just don't even know what they need. You're absolutely right. I think that's a great point. Right, exactly. Because the fact of the matter is that Thomas Edison not only understood 
what people might need, but he also understood the technical side of what he was doing, right? Right. right. So if you think about what each of you, the audience you do, you may be smart enough and be a good enough listener to understand what the client is saying that he or she needs, but then you can take your educational and your professional expertise and you actually can help come up with a better solution than the client could have ever thought of. That's great. That's great. And at that point, I bet then people that are listening to this that follow through on that, they could say, this is what the crisis did for me. I'm so glad I experienced that because I wouldn't have found this. I mean, that actually could be the solution that people are looking for right now. That's exactly right. Let me kind of summarize this. or Let me me ask you, what are the three action steps as we're closing our show today and we want people to take away some action steps? What would you recommend? Well, so first of all, I would say be prepared to listen to your clients, even if you think you've already been listening. Listen some more. It's time to think about, okay, what is the journey they're going on? Where are they trying to get to? How can I help them? And maybe how can I even clear the path for them to get there in a way that they hadn't thought of before? So that would be number one. for Good, good. Another one would be, let's be realistic about the economics that our clients are going through. Focus on preserving relationships and expanding your network rather than focusing on preserving income and expanding engagements at the moment. You know, some clients can sniff out a false belief or an insincere overture better than we ever suspect. I agree with that. Yeah. Right. And so, so they know, you know, when you say things like win-win, baloney, somebody always loses, right? So, (laughs) So let's make sure that they understand just how sincere you are and that you are really in it for them. Chances are they're having cuts there as well. Chances are somebody there lost their job. Chances are there might be salaries that are being reduced. Let's remember that when we're thinking about how helpful we're being. That's right. That's a great point. And then the third one is ensure that to the extent that you are charging them, that you are an essential expense for them. Have you actually thought of creative ways to reimagine your own organization? Have you thought of creative ways to deliver the best of what you can to that client in the most efficient and lean way? Have you gone through what they're going through? Have you thought about how to reduce expenses? Have you thought about how to be the best possible organization that you can be so that you can deliver services in a way that is efficient and cost-effective? Those are great. Excellent ideas, Yolanda. Tell me what your offerings are. What What's the menu of work that you offer to people that reach out to you? I want them to know about the full scope of value you can offer to those listening today. Well, it probably won't surprise anybody that I spend a portion of my time working with organizations on client journey mapping Mm -hmm. so that they can better understand the client. I do a lot of client listening programs and teach organizations how to do them themselves, which is I'm big on sort of teaching people to fish. Right. So if a company has a sales team or a team of marketers or those that are rainmakers that are responsible for generating business, you can do virtual programs for them also, Yolanda? Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. In fact, a large portion of these programs are virtual and clients are willing to, clients are more than willing to engage in those programs. So that's one component. Another component of it is I actually have found myself with a niche in helping startups 
in particular in the law firm space. So groups of people who are interested in going out and, and launching their own firm. And I work with them. I, I like to think of myself as an incubator mm-hmm. in that I will give them a realistic assessment of whether or not they have the financial wherewithal as well as the client base in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of help them through their first year, preparing for launch and launching their firm and getting them going. That's great, Yolanda. And then the last thing is my colleagues and I have just launched a service called Solutions Delivered. And what that means is that we have a team of people who can basically remotely act like their senior administration for the firm. So we have virtual CMOs, we have virtual chief financial officers, chief knowledge officers, a variety of different administrative functions that I think a lot of organizations have figured out that people can work remotely now and they can be effective remotely. And this is a way to get that very senior level service at a fraction of the cost. So is that a separate entity altogether or is that a different line that's offered out of your consulting firm? It's not a separate entity. Solutions Delivered is just the name of the service that we offer, and it is just a different service line. That's great. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of opportunities for you in this market with that. I'm sure that's going to provide a lot of value to, to firms that can benefit from you, Yolanda. We'll put all of your information on the contact or on the show notes. We'll put your contact information there and your website. Thanks so much for being a guest today. We're going to have you back in the near future. I know it. Thank you again, Yolanda. I really appreciate you being here today. Thanks, Scott. It's always a delight to speak with you. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.